Hi, I'm Edwina McCann, Editor-in-Chief of Vogue Australia. Welcome to the Vogue Codes podcast. We'll uncover the secrets behind success in the worlds of fashion, beauty and tech. Hi, I'm Anna Exusian Cavadas, Vogue Australia's digital writer. On this episode of the Vogue Codes podcast, I'm delighted to be joined by Steph Claire Smith and Laura Henshaw, the co-founders of wellness app Keep It Cleaner, or Kick, as they and their legion of fans refer to it. After meeting at Fashion Week and becoming fast friends, Steph and Laura had little idea that seven years later, they would be the co-founders of one of Australia's most successful and popular wellness, fitness and nutrition businesses, which boasts more than 312,000 followers on Instagram and a strong community of Kick devotees. In this episode, Steph and Laura share how passion, a strong work ethic and having each other took them from their first meeting to the inspiring entrepreneurs they are today. The Kick co-founders also share their favourite workouts and the important role their app has played for its community during COVID-19. It's lovely to chat to you guys. Thank you so much for hopping on the call with us to talk all things Keep It Cleaner um, and launching a business. With my questions, I'm going to jump a little bit back, a little bit forward um, to the present. So it's a bit of a time traveling situation. (laughs) Um, So having said that, um, I'd like to chat to you about where you both were in your respective careers five years before Keep It Cleaner was launched. Um, And if that at that stage, you had had any dreams of owning your own business already? Well, five years before Kick had launched, I was still in high school. Um, <laughs> I think I was just finishing up high school. But for the years before we started, so we started Kick about five years ago. So um, the years before that, I was a full-time model. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed it. It was my dream job at the time. Um, it was an incredible experience. I got to work with so many different brands and learned quite a lot through the industry and really kind of fell in love with um, with working with different brands and kind of learning their own stories as well of like where they started and um, working with both, you know, brand new startups versus, you know, incredibly reputable brands, which was really exciting as well. Um, and I think from there, uh, that was when my Instagram started following as uh, Instagram following started to grow as well. And I think that's when you start working with other brands and everything through that as well and started using Instagram as a bit of a marketing tool. And I think that really excited me and it, it did kind of open up my eyes to how business could, businesses could really use that platform to boost or to start up. Um, but if you would ask me in high school if I ever thought I'd own my own business, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, I think I had the traits of someone who you know, might have thought that way. And like, I was always really confident. I loved being like, you know, I loved team sports and I loved being the team leader or a captain. And so there was little things that, um, you know, I suppose might have carried through and has made me so hungry to to want to do something like this. But yeah, I, I don't think either of us really ever pictured ourselves kind of doing what we do today. And um, when it started with us, like with the ebook, um, it wasn't even a business venture at the very start. So um, definitely wasn't wasn't a full plan or a, I suppose even a dream at that time it was just something that amazingly happened to both of us <laughs> feel the same way Laura yeah absolutely so before we started keep it cleaner I was well I mean I'm still at uni but I was a full-time uni student um, studying my um, degree in law and business and then I was working uh, as a part-time model I definitely didn't work as much as Steph so I kind of got like 
two jobs a year. That was going really well in the modeling industry for me. So I also uh, waitress and then I worked at a hospital as well. And I had started a little um, health business on the side, like a product business that didn't end up going um, anywhere. But that was kind of, I suppose, a, a little um little taste of, of running running my own business with a business partner um, and while that didn't work out I did learn a bit from that which obviously I've then been able to carry through to to kick um, and yeah so that but absolutely as Seth said never ever ever thought we would be running a business together and, and running a business like Keep It Cleaner it's it's absolutely a, a dream come true. Yeah you guys have come so amazingly far for someone who kind of didn't even conceive it uh, even a few years prior. I want to talk a little about the Keep It Cleaner core couple, as I've dubbed you guys in preparation for this interview, um, before Keep It Cleaner even existed. How did you guys find each other? So Steph and I actually met at Fashion Week. Um, It was Melbourne Spring Fashion Week seven years ago now, I think, and it was both of our first Fashion Weeks. And I had just started modeling at that stage. And I thought Fashion Week would be like what it is in movies, like so <laughs> glamour and glitz and like the models don't talk to each other and all of those things. But it was nothing like that. Um, and then I met Steph and I couldn't believe that I met someone so lovely and that I got along so well with in the industry so quickly. And yeah, then we, we were friends um, from there. And we both, the, I think something really, really important in our relationship is that we both traveled um, overseas uh, to different countries for modeling and we both went through different struggles with our bodies because obviously the expectations um, internationally for what you need to look like and what size you need to be is so different to Australia and that kind of brought us uh, brought us together because mm. it's a bit, I suppose it's an experience that not everyone will go through so we could both kind of help each other through that um, which was really really special and then from there um, our friendship really really grew. How did you know once you'd met each other and obviously discussions started um, to get going, how did you know you had great business partners in each other? And with your experience, uh, one, can you advocate for getting into business with a good friend? And what should someone look for in a business partner when co-creating a brand? It's funny, this question comes up um, a lot in different ways because I think people assume that you can't ever go into business with, you know, a family member or a friend um, because maybe they've heard of someone else who's, you know, who's done it and it's gone down a bad path. But I think for Laura and I, I mean, as I said earlier, the ebook was was not a business venture. It was really just like a passion project we did together. Um, so initially, I didn't kind of like look at her and think, "Will I be able to go into business with you?" It was more just like, <laughs> "Let's <laughs> let's do this together, and this is going to be really fun." But definitely from there, we did see, you know, once the community started to grow and um, we were going to do a lot more than the ebook, that was kind of when we we did also have to think about that, and that's when we had people in our in our ears saying, "Okay, well." Um, if this is going to be anything more or you're going to keep working together, you've got to be mindful of that. But I think because we just had so much love and respect for each other, um, you know, we trusted each other so much with everything because we both had the exact and still do have the exact same values when it comes to health and fitness. We have the exact same goals for the business. Um, and I think when you're so aligned with someone in that way, um, you know, whilst you can disagree on other things, if the like core values of the business and everything, if you're aligned on all of that and you really trust each other and you totally understand each other's strengths, I think it can work together really, really well. And I definitely would say if you've got someone in your life that's like that, you know, even if they're a close friend or a family member, 
if you can be honest with that person, you can trust that person um, and you feel like you can get through really tough times with that person, then working with your best friend or um, someone you love is so rewarding. And it's so it, it's rewarding in so many ways. Not only does it make you really enjoy your job, even though, you know, I would love working on kick, um, you know, if, if it wasn't, you know, just for Laura, but she makes the partnership makes up kick. And it, it's really um, been kind of from the beginning, it's been both our babies. So I couldn't imagine doing it without her. Um, and I think when you love your job so much and you love the person you work so much, it's really easy to stay passionate and fulfilled in that space. And I think um, the other thing is, you know, we've been able to be honest with each other. And there's times where, um, you know, I've held back or I felt like I didn't want to over communicate something because I was really scared to hurt her or anything. But we've really learned from that, um, that that's not the way to go. And it's just, you know, open communication is absolutely the best way to work with one another. Um, and so it's been a really beautiful, beautiful work relationship, beautiful friendship. Um, and I really couldn't recommend it anymore, really, to, to anyone that's thinking about it. Don't be scared to work with your best friend if, if yeah, as long as you have that trust, communication, and um, I suppose the same kind of morals. Yeah, and I guess that, um, you know, when you do have that friendship foundation, kind of does make that easier for you to open up and instead of holding everything in and combusting and you can have that open yes. dialogue. So, yeah, I think that's great. Great um, advocates for it. <laughs> Um, So once you did find each other and you realised you had a common goal in improving people's health and well-being, what were the next steps? Can you tell us a little bit about the beginning stages of Kick and when you knew that you guys were onto something good? Yeah, of course. So as Steph touched on, we started with an e-book and it actually started from Steph having a dream that um, she had uh, made a, a book with me, an e-book. And at the time I had a food blog that, to be honest, took me so much confidence to even launch. So I just couldn't believe that people were going on this blog and accessing my recipes for free. So when Steph said, oh, you know, let's put our recipes together and Steph had had a huge following at the time and everyone was always asking her what she was eating and what her recipes were, I kind of thought, are you crazy? I don't expect anyone to pay for any of my recipes. Like not not in a way that, you know, they're not, I just didn't think that anyone would want, would want them. And anyway, Steph was so amazing in, I suppose, instilling that confidence in me that, that we were doing something really great and, and we could make, I suppose, a product and an ebook from it. So we started from scratch. We literally had no idea how to do it. We Google was our best friend. We used one of um, Steph's friends from high school as our graphic designer, which was so great. Um, he was fantastic. And we just made it work. I think it was one of those things that, of course, we'd never made an ebook before. We had no idea about we didn't publish it, but we had no idea about anything to do with books, but we just worked it out. And I think that was a really great learning experience for us um, to just do it. And it wasn't 100% perfect, but that's okay. You don't have to, obviously now the business has grown, so we wouldn't be launching things that weren't 100% perfect and checked by you know everyone in our team. But in its infancy, that's how we launched Kick. And from there, it was called Keep It Clean, the book and then it became keep it cleaner um which is the what it is today and and we then grew with an ebook i suppose the hardest thing about it is you or i suppose that i mean it's a it's a good and a bad thing that you launch it and then that's all you have to do it's done it just sells but i mean as long as people want to buy it of course <laughs> but um, it was it was selling and we kind of thought hang on we want to connect with people more we were kind of 
the response was just beyond what we had ever expected. People really loved the recipes and, and just the ethos of, of Keep It Clean at the time, which was that you could have recipes that were healthy and delicious and quick and your whole family could enjoy them. Steph and I had been through a stage where we thought to eat healthy, and I say that um, in quotation marks, you kind of have to have a separate meal from your family and like it had to be chicken and broccoli and that was all it could be, but that's not, not the case at all. And, and that's where we, we started with the ebook and then it became a small blog from there. So we um, used some of, because obviously starting a website and a subscription website is quite an expensive exercise. So we were able to save up for that with the ebook, um, the funds from the ebook. And then we started that website and then from there it turned into um, a full program and, and then into the app that it is today. Well, it sounds like it's been quite a journey um, from day <laughs> dot. Um, so having said that and kind of briefly um, backtracking on the birth of Kick, what do you both see as the best part of birthing a business from scratch? And then on the flip side, what has been the biggest challenge of starting a business from the ground up? Um, I think the best thing is how much you learn from that. Um, you know, we've both worked for other companies. Like I, I worked from 14, nine months. Laura was the same. Like we've both worked for, for different brands and businesses before. Um, but when you start your own business, you really kind of throw yourself in, in the deep end. <laughs> um, particularly I didn't study business. Um, my parents didn't own their own businesses. Like I, it was very kind of new to me personally. Um, so it, I think the most important thing is if you're really passionate about something and you feel like it's it's going to work and it's something that you're really passionate about and you feel like people really would want it or it's missing in the market, don't let your, I mean, lack of qualifications or experience scare you from getting started. As Laura said, you know, when we started and we started with the ebook, there was like 20 styling mistakes in it, um, which my mum picked up on <laughs> after we launched. Um, little things like that were like, the ma a massive catastrophe at the time and like so scary. Um, but we've learned so much along the way from doing things like that, from just throwing ourselves in the deep end and being raw. And um, I think a lot of the reason why the community support us so much is because they've seen a lot of a lot of our community members have been with us since since the ebook. And so they've kind of seen the brand develop um, and they've also seen us develop as businesswomen. You know, they know that we started um, just as two friends with a passion project and the fact that it's grown into what it is is really, I think, um, quite a special story and we're both really, really proud of that journey that we've both been on. So I, I would say, yeah, just um, don't be too scared because um, I was for sure. There's There's been times where I've thought that I'm, you know, out of my place in saying things because or like doing things because I like what would I know kind of thing. But when I think it's your own business and it's it is your baby um you just you just do grow the confidence to kind of give things a go and especially when you fail quite a few times you learn that it's not really that scary once you fail because you can pick yourself up you can learn from it and you won't do it again um and i think a big part of that though has been having each other in this um in this journey like i think there was a few times that i would have probably been too scared to continue or i might not have taken a certain jump um without having Laura there um, as, as a friend and um, encouragement, I suppose. And I think we both pick each other up. We have a bit of a balance, you know, if someone's really worried about something, usually the other person's quite confident about it. Um, so I think that's how it's worked and how we've been able to kind of 
grow through those harder times and those more challenging times. And one of the most challenging things we've ever we've ever done in this business was when we launched our app on our own and started our own team. And that was really scary because we were we had an old website program with another company that um, really did a lot of the back end of the business. So they, you know, put the planners together. They um, did a lot of the marketing, like all of the kind of back end stuff. And we were just more part of the, I suppose, the content side of it and connecting with the community. And obviously we still had to teach them about our brand values and everything like that. But there was so much of the business that we weren't touching. And as Laura said, kind of when we went from the ebook to the website, it was the same when we wanted to leave that program and start from scratch. We just wanted to be because we were so connected to the community we just wanted to be a part of everything in the business we wanted to um be able to kind of work with everyone from every corner of the business and, and the team um because we were just so passionate about how everything came across and i think that was what was really exciting but really really terrifying was leaving something that was good that was going well that you know the community was enjoying starting from scratch and having to you know hire our own team and like find people that you trust and that love the business like you do and um that was really that was a big learning curve for us. It was very scary, and I don't know if I would have taken that leap if if I didn't have Laura. So, um, I think that was probably I think you'd agree, Laura's the most scary 100%. thing we've ever been through. <laughs> but it was also the most rewarding thing. I think for us, it was a really big moment. Um, it was a really humbling and, and proud moment when we relaunched and, you know, a lot of our subscribers came back and a lot of our subscribers jumped onto the new app. It was really exciting because we just I don't know it just it grew our confidence like immensely at that time um and then since there it's just continued to grow and the team's continued to grow and it's just really exciting to to think what might be coming up ahead yeah News doesn't have to be boring. The Brits have given Prince Harry a new nickname after yet another tell-all interview. Oh, God, is it the ginger winder? <laughs> Let the team at news.com.au get you up to speed each day with their podcast from the newsroom. A couple were busted joining the Mile High Club. Well, I guess they can't fly virgin anymore. Politics, sport, red carpets, royals. Get all the goss in just a few minutes. Follow from the newsroom wherever you get your podcast from. Um, you touched on the relaunch uh, very briefly just then, um, but I'd like to ask you both um, to tell us a little bit about Keep It Cleaner 2.0 um, mm-hmm. and how far it's come since day one. You've touched on that a little bit earlier, you know, from the ebook um, onto the website and now um, the app as well. Why did you see it as being important to give the program a refresh? three years after its initial launch? So for us at Keep It Cleaner, it's every single day we spend trying to work out how we can improve our community's experience with the app. That's our goal with Keep. I mean, we're so lucky that that we're able to do what we do and we're able to really help young women especially connect with exercise and healthy eating and not hate it and enjoy it and not have pressure on themselves for, you know, losing weight or any of those things. It's just that We'll get these messages uh, from from women all around the world saying that they hated exercise, they hated school sport, but all of a sudden they found a way to fit it into their life with kick and, and they're actually enjoying it and they're not dreading it and they're looking forward to it every day. And so having, I suppose, a connection with the community like that, it just, I suppose, we have this fire in our valley that our whole team does that we just want to keep improving the program for them. And so that's where 
I suppose the whole concept for Kick 2.0 came about. It's the biggest relaunch we've ever done. Um, it was obviously so much work, so much new content, so much development, but it, it was so worth it. We also, one of the biggest changes we made was bringing new trainers into the program. So before Kick 2.0, we had our one master trainer, um, Danny Kennedy, who's awesome, and he's our head trainer of the new app. But we've also been able to bring in other amazing female trainers that we wanted to, first of all, profile because we're so lucky that we have this platform where, uh, you know, a lot of people want to access it and, and it's an amazing opportunity to, to profile these women and also introduce them to our community and teach our community more things. I mean, we've got an amazing boxing instructor, Elise, who just has the best sessions. They're so great and you learn so much. So our community is able now to, we've got our workout of the day. Every day can go in and do that. But if they want to learn more about boxing or they love hit or they love strength or Pilates or yoga, they always have that option in the masterclass section to go and do something extra um, and learn something and just choose things they enjoy because, I mean, that's what Kick is about, finding. We know that not everyone loves running, not everyone loves hit, not everyone loves strength. That's okay. That's why we have so many options because we just really want our community to find um, something that they love. And, and I suppose that's what the relaunch was all about. Amazing. Do you have a favourite program on the relaunch? <laughs> um, I personally love uh, strength and yoga probably they're the master classes that I probably follow the most um, so I you know strength at the moment is with Brit and Danny they're, they're the two master classes um, master trainers sorry that do the strength master classes and our yoga flows I've just found it so helpful particularly with this year <laughs> and being in <laughs> Melbourne um, I usually practice yoga and maybe once a week I, I'll actually go into a class and, and do a hot yoga session and I just love it um, but you know being able to do it on the kick app at home um, it's made it a lot more frequent which is really nice to be able to do it a lot more frequent and I'm finding a lot of the benefits um, coming through a lot more now um, obviously outside of it being a fun and enjoyable way of moving my body um, I just get so much out of it um, for my mental state as well and emotional state so um, that's definitely been my two most <laughs> watched and used masterclasses I would say. <laughs> Laura is the boxing your fave? Yeah, I love the boxing and then I also am slowly getting into Pilates, which I do a lot of running. So um, I, I follow the kick running program. And so what is very, very important is that I also do Pilates and yoga with that because otherwise I'm not strengthening the right parts of my body. So uh, I'm, but I'm more of a, I love intense workouts. So it's, I've had to teach myself that sometimes I just have to do a Pilates class. I just, <laughs> I, the, you know, the little, the burn, like when you're doing the glute pulses or whatever, all those yep. things like that feeling is my most hated <laughs> feeling in the world, but I know it's good for me. Um, so I'm slowly getting into that. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so we've looked into the past. We've chatted a little bit about the present of kick. Um, but I'd love to transport yourself and our listeners five years into the future and ask you what you see for Keep It Cleaner in the next half decade. So we feel like with this, um, it, it, it's a really hard question to answer because a lot of the changes that we've made, you know, um, while some of them have been in the works and um, have been worked on for a long time before launch, others have been really spontaneous and exciting kind of opportunities that do come up. Um, and we're really big on not saying, you know, no to a lot of things. We do love taking up opportunities. So we'll see what comes up in the next, you know, um, five or so years. But I think one thing, our biggest goal is to reach more people, um, you know, to reach more people all over the world. Um, even in Australia, we know there's so many uh, different, I suppose, even age groups and stuff that, that we feel like 
it's a great app and platform for we just might not have reached the right people and we feel like all the changes we've made with quick kick 2.0 in you know bringing on new trainers and and giving them a platform you know it's given us space to possibly do more of that and to bring in even more variety to the app um so whilst the app probably won't stay exactly how it is well it won't stay how exactly how it is like there'll <laughs> definitely be new content and everything popped through but we're really big on on keeping up with kind of how people like to train or um you know do they like having um a hit timer on their screen do they like knowing what their heart rate is like we're, we're really in tune with all of that stuff and as laura said we constantly connect with our community i mean they're our, obviously the most important thing to us um because they're the ones that use our product so we take a lot of feedback from them and um we'll continue to do that and so we'll see what they want <laughs> for the next five, five or so years we'll see <laughs> What apps, aside from Keep It Cleaner, of course, um, keep you individually on track, be it for your professional lives or your personal lives? I think for me, my favourite app, apart from Keep, of course, is the podcast app. I absolutely love listening to podcasts. I think we are so lucky that we have got access to some incredible people that, you know, you've never, like Michelle Obama, for example, like we've never had this type of access to people like her and, and so many others where they just share so much wisdom um, and they have amazing conversations with people. So for me, it's definitely the podcast apps. I, I absolutely love listening to podcasts. I would probably say one of my most used apps is Facebook because for us, connecting with our community, as we've mentioned on this podcast, is so important. But it's also just I really enjoy it. I really enjoy just scrolling through and reading a lot of the beautiful posts or um, seeing the community kind of engage with one another. So I don't really use Facebook that much for I, I suppose connecting with friends and family anymore I have other ways of communicating with them but it really is just so that I can go in and, and check in the community and see how everyone's going um, it's just such a beautiful p- place and it always makes me feel really good there's never anything negative in there and, and if there is you know if someone's opened up about something they're struggling through there is just you know <laughs> like almost like a hundred comments of you know positive vibes from the community so it's just a really nice place to kind of have a scroll it's a very positive place to have a scroll because there is a lot of apps out there where (laughs) you might scroll through and not see so much positive so (laughs) yeah I like spending time on there what has been the most positive piece of feedback um, you've seen on your Facebook travels in terms of maybe even the relaunch what has kind of been your best piece of feedback Oh, I mean, oh, we've had so many. It's so hard to kind of choose one. I think for us, it's anything that, especially during, um, I suppose, 2020 for everyone has been such mm. a tough year and any feedback that we get, and we're so lucky that there's so much of it in there, that Kick has helped someone, you know, get through a really hard day in ISO or Kick has been the only thing that's kept them in routine. That's been something that's been coming up so much in the community that we appreciate so much. Exercise is something we can do for ourselves. You don't need, with Kick, we've got so many non-equipment-free workouts, so you don't really need anything to be able to do it. You just need yourself. And I think for for a lot of people, having that structure in their day, starting their day with their Kick workout, um, and because you can do the masterclasses with the trainers and with us, it's kind of like having a workout buddy with you. And so I think having that motivation for people and and hearing that that's been the one thing they've, they've kind of got through each day and it's made them feel accomplished and made them feel good and kept them in routine, that's probably been the, the best feedback um, that, that we could we, we hoped for and um, it's been really special to actually get it come through. Very reassuring to hear, I'm sure, after the relaunch and then the world kind of 
transitioning so dramatically, it must be so fantastic to hear. I'd like to chat um, a little bit about how each of you start your day. What is the one thing you do to guarantee success for the rest of your day? And then how do you wrap up each of your days? So I am actually not a routine person. (laughs) I'm a listen to my body person. Um, So every morning and I mean, most nights end a similar way, but every morning is kind of different for me. Um, Really depends on the sleep I've had. (laughs) Um, It really depends on how much is going on in my life as well. That that kind of alters my sleep. But I, I do really feel really good when I move my body in some way in the morning. So it might not be, you know, a hip kick workout or like something intense. Um, it might not even be a full yoga flow. It might just be a walk to the coffee shop with my dog. Um, but moving my body in some way, I know sets me up for a better day. The days that I've kind of rolled out of bed and got on my laptop to start work, um, I've never really felt that energized, you know, for the rest of the day. It literally just sets me up for a slow and um, low energy day if I don't move my body in some way. Um, So I I do like to start it that way. I've recently, just because I was not drinking enough water, have made myself a rule to finish a drink bottle before I let myself have my morning coffee. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's like already made me feel a lot better. I think we all, you know, can't wait for, well, a lot of people can't wait for that morning coffee, but um, I'm personally so dehydrated in the morning. So I'm not sure if it's the best thing to put coffee in your system first. So that's kind of been, yeah, my my little routine at the moment is just listening to my body to see what movement it wants to do that day, mm-hmm. um, taking it easy if it needs that. You know, I have the rest of the day, seeing as we're in ISO, we're very fortunate, we're quite flexible to mm-hmm. work Lots out time. At any time of the day. <laughs> um, so if I feel like I've got more energy later, I can I can always do something more intense later. But yeah, just moving my body and, and having a, a lot of water in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and mine's really similar, except I'm a bit of a routine person. Like I love routine. I struggle and I struggle when I'm out of routine. But I have I find as well I have to get up and I do um, my kick workout every morning. It makes I have a croaky voice right now, don't I? <laughs> Um, I find starting my my morning with my workout is is always the way that I set myself up to have a good day. It energizes me. All the things that Steph said, I feel like especially during ISO, I've had this brain fogginess that I just can't get rid of and it's so frustrating. But the only way I'm able to kind of alleviate it a little bit is is through my workout in the morning. And then I'll always try and make sure that um, I'm kind of at my desk by like 8.45, and I've had a shower and I've got, I I make sure I've, at the start of ISO, I was kind of staying in my activewear all day, but that's, you know, gross because I sweated and um, (laughs) also just, you know, you just, you just want to feel fresh. So I've made sure that I'm kind of finished my workout in time to have a shower, put some clothes on. And even though it's not kind of normal routine, I suppose, because it's COVID normal, actually we're not even in COVID normal in Melbourne, we're in ISO, Um, but um, that's kind of helped me kind of feel a bit normal. And, and then at night I find I don't have a, a really big nightly routine. I'll always have a peppermint tea, which I know says the same before bed. And I also try to make sure I um, sign off from work at least two hours before bed. If I am working any closer to bedtime, I then can't sleep because I just keep thinking and thinking about it. So I found that about a two-hour block of, you know, chilling out makes a really, really big difference. Yeah, switching off and unwinding, I think, is important, especially in this time. Mm-hmm. can be a little yeah. difficult to do when everything's super accessible. <laughs> um, so in a similar vein to the last question, we always end the podcast with this 
following question. Is there a habit or practice you do or a particular trait you possess which you feel has contributed to where you both are today? Oh, I think um, I think my biggest personality trait that I think has got me um, to where I am personally today um, is definitely confidence. But I think something that we both share is empathy. And I think for us, because we care so much about our community and, you know, um, they are the reason we do what we do and they're the reason we get up in the morning and want to make the app the best that it possibly can. Um, and that's why when we get the feedback, like Laura mentioned before, it's so unbelievably rewarding to us because it's really all we care about is them. Um, I think that's a big reason why Kick has kind of got to where it is. What do you think, Laura? Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. And I'd say another one that's really important is, I suppose quite an obvious one is work ethic. It's it's so mm. important starting your own business. I think people think that when they start their own business, it's going to be easier, but it's not. You have to make so many sacrifices and you kind of have to just stick with it. You know, we're faced with, it's so funny looking back now and reflecting on issues that came up, you know, with the ebook. That, that was so big at the time but now that's the smallest thing that could happen and we're faced with issues every single day and you just have to you just have to learn that you just have to solve them and every you kind of get to a place where every problem you don't stress out as much anymore because you know you just have to get to work and you just have to fix it and then you know you just keep going and, that, and there'll probably be another one so I think yeah work ethic's been a really um, a really big one for us and I think it's something that Seth and I both learnt kind of working from such a young age um, while we were in high school and we're so grateful for that experience. That's a wrap for me. Thank you so much, <laughs> Steph you. and Laura, for having a chat with us. Thank you Thanks for, having, for us. having us. Tune in to our next Vogue Codes podcast. We go behind the scenes with some of the world's leading tech businesses and entrepreneurs to unveil what it takes to succeed in the world of technology. Are you ready to get an inside look at crime from someone who has investigated some of Australia's worst crimes? It was like Aladdin's cave. The luminol found bloodied footprints and bloodied handprints on a wall. So it's yeah. just like a horror movie. Former homicide detective Gary Jubilant sits down with cops, crims, addicts, victims, small-time cheats, and big-town lawyers as they tell their incredible stories. My house got raided. Next thing you know, I got bail refused. Next thing you know, I'm on a truck yeah. to Parkley Prison. Listen to I catch killers early and ad free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts today or wherever you get your podcasts.